Welcome to Max Volume, where we deliver loud takes to even decibels. I am your host, Maxwell Lewis Sanders, and this is episode 77. For those new listeners out there, Max Volume is a podcast that worships at the altar of pop culture, a place where the silly and inane are of the utmost importance. It's a pod where we discuss heavy topics like Tom Cruise's mid-80s helmet hair, Sylvester Stallone's sad beagle eyes, and the cross-generational appeal of Elizabeth Shue. Mm, love Elizabeth Shue. No quote too minor, no side plot too small. This is a pod for the TV geeks and movie freaks. So welcome all weird travelers. Your boredom ends here. Before we delve into the topic at hand, let's start with five minutes of Seinfeld-level daily observation. I'm on an 80s movie binge right now, big time. It's research for another 1980s podcast that I'm working on, and not going to divulge too much, but it's going to be incredible. I mean, the 80s are this, this treasure trove of unbelievable movies, and I'm kind of embarrassed. There's a lot of them that kind of fell through the wayside for me, and I just somehow didn't pick up on them. I had this kind of elitist, like, oh, anything before 2000 is dated in my, like, from 2010 to, like, 2019. I was like, I want to watch recent movies because movies keep getting better and better. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. So movies in the 80s are just a lot better than movies that come out, I don't know, last week. So it's kind of fun filling in the gaps and kind of getting my cinemography. Is that the word? My movie collection, my lexicon in my head of 1980s movie kind of up to snuff. Like, I'm watching Rambo right now. It's oh, so good. Oh, my God. I don't, It's not Rambo. It's First Blood, which is confusing. But I just love Sylvester Stallone's voice. It's like, yeah, yeah, they, they, they drew First Blood. How, how's that sound? It's not bad. You know, he's just got that kind of droopy, sad kind of voice to him. And I've knocked out St. Almost Fire, Pretty in Pink. I need to see Say Anything. Beverly Hills Cop is probably my most embarrassing one, but it's four bucks on Amazon, so I'm looking for free ones right now. <laughs> or um, what else I got? I need to knock out Platoon. I mean, there's so many really good seminal movies in the 80s. I just watched The Color of Money last night, which was okay, but watching Tom Cruise be, you know, wild and, you know, young and arrogant and Paul Newman acting all cool, that was all fun. And it's a Scorsese movie. All Scorsese movies are fun to watch. But like I said, 80s are just filled with these fun movies that I've never really seen. So it's, they're new to me. And it's like homework for me. This is the best homework ever. It's like watch 1980 movies. It's like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> so last night it was Adventures in Babysitting. I had zero expectations. I think the title threw me off because I was thinking of like the Babysitter Club books that like fourth or fifth grade girls read when I was in fourth or fifth grade. And, you know, they'd write in their journals with little glittery jelly pens which sounds awesome actually now maybe i guess it was just the title at the time when i was like girls are stupid but girls aren't stupid and babysitting's awesome and this this movie is freaking awesome i had zero expectations going in i was shocked to find out that this is like the blueprint for the trip of a lifetime late 90s early 2000s raunchy comedies like road trip which is where todd phillips got his start and it's the best use of tom green ever really fun movie Eurotrip, same idea. They just go to uh, they just go to Europe. Matt Damon as a punk rocker screaming, Scotty doesn't know if you don't remember that. Or Miss Guzzi, the little Italian dude. The Hangover, another Todd Phillips movie. I guess he probably saw this movie a thousand times, I would think. And Hangover, we'll count Hangover 1. Hangover 2 and 3 are terrible. But Hangover 1, best trailer probably ever for a comedy with Mike Tyson and uh, Phil Collins in the air tonight. And one of the best movies ever. Just so much fun. Super bad. Pineapple Express, Get Him to the Greek, which is the best use of Russell Brand ever. Except, I mean, his podcasts now are really kind of spiritually enlightening, but that's a whole different vibe. He's not making me laugh. He's just talking really eloquently and fast about, you know, other dimensions. And I don't fully understand it, but it like soothes me. 
So that's that's a different vibe. And also Home Alone, which I should have known is also uh, takes from this because it's the same director. It's Chris Columbus. So clearly he's got a style. And it seems like all the movies that have this, we have to get out of here, this is an implausible situation and we have to get back to reality. Uh, movies have this DNA rooted in this over-the-top suburban kids in a menacing city, late 80s flick. It's great music. Superb child actor movie. And that's underrated. Like, you always forget how hard it is to have superb child actors. And when you see it, it's jarring and it really affects things. Like The Wire, season four with the kids. I'm trying to think what are good. Stranger Things, you're like, a good child actor movie, you're like, okay, I can rock with this. Richie Rich, love that movie. Nothing better than giving under 16-year-olds like dialogue that is meant for adults. It just gets me every time. Like I know it's coming and I still almost burst out laughing at the incongruity of their age and their witty comebacks. Just so much fun. Like there should be an Aaron Sirkin movie where it's just kids, you know, just ripping off his let's change the world West Wing dialogue. That'd be awesome. Plus I love a good Chicago movie. I think it might be my favorite major city as a backdrop for shenanigans. Probably if I did top three, it would probably be Chicago, LA, Vegas. And then Boston, New York, I think, are the five. Because in Chicago, you got Ferris Bueller, you got The Dark Knight, which technically is in Gotham, but they use Chicago as Chicago is. So I'm considering Dark Knight. High Fidelity, which is the best use of Jack Black in history. No arguing. I mean, he, he was the lead of a band called Sonic Death Monkey, and he was just a annoying record store guy who knew everything. Like, it was, a, I mean, I wish I was, there was a movie just about him in that movie. And I think John Cusack, it might be his best too. That's that's a little bit more, I need some more thought process on that. But Jack Black, definitely his best role. My Best Friend's Wedding, Office Christmas Party, underrated comedy, uh, Drinking Buddies, kind of a hipster mumblecore movie. It's just a one, it's a fun, wonderfully visual, visual place where anything can happen. Like I miss Chicago. Like someday, hopefully we'll be reunited. I used to go a couple times a year. And now since all this has happened, I have not returned. So hopefully 2022. But let's not focus on the future. Let's glimpse into the here and now. Let's be here now. Like I'm listening to this spiritual podcast guy named Ram Das. Well, he's not a podcast guy. I guess he's a spiritual leader from the 60s, 70s and all. But uh, he says he has this book called Be Here Now. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to be here now. So I'm here to say something spicy, something unpopular and probably looked down upon. But it's how I feel deep down in the depths of my soul. So who, who am I to hide a minority opinion? You know, what's it matter? I'm not like, this isn't, you know, groundbreaking stuff. This is entertainment. So it's like, it's an opinion. You know, we all got one. So here it is. I'm stalling, stalling a little bit more because I don't want to say anything. I don't like being not liked. I'm like Michael Scott. It's like, I don't need to be liked. I like to be liked. I need to be praised. <laughs> uh, a little too much psychology right there. You can Freudian unravel that when you want. But here, here's my take. I do not think watching live sports is a useful or fulfilling or practical use of time in the modern era of 2020. So hear me out. So I'm an avid avid sports fan. I listen to like one or two hours of sports-based talk radio podcasts uh, pretty much a day, ranging from The Ringer. Bill Simmons is my, you know, God King. I'd get a tattoo of him if I got the next tattoo. I listen to Dan Levitard and his Miami cronies. Scott Van Pelt and his funny impressions, Sports Center vibe. Colin Cowherd, I respect I respect him so much more now because he's on the radio every day by himself for four hours. That's impossible. I don't get – I guess when he was a kid, they've interviewed him, that he was just in his room just talking to himself. It's like you need a certain personality type to do this podcasting thing for hours on end by yourself. 
because you're having a conversation with yourself basically you're basically playing tennis against the wall and i don't know how anyone does it for more than i can do i've done an hour before and that was a stretch i need like needed to take a nap afterwards but Colin Coward can do four hours every day in his sleep. Unbelievable. So third personality type. I love Brian Winher, Winhorse. And I love his story, too. He was in high school with LeBron James, and he was falling around as, like, the editor of the paper. And he just kept following him. And then eventually he got his own, you know, sports center and all the coverage of LeBron stuff. And now he's, like, a really expert uh, basketball analyst. Or I listen to Kevin O'Connor or Cousin Sal about gambling lines. Also, I catch at least one hour of sports center a day. And if you know me, I can spout about stats, records, players, betting lines with the best of them. You know, I can write off, I can tell you Will Chamberlain averaged 50.4 points in the 1961-62 season. What else can I say? Moses Malone was drafted out of high school. I'm just trying to spout random stuff that makes me sound important. How, how am I doing? Uh, what are, another good fact. How about Bill Walton once went 21 for 22 in a basketball game at UCLA. I think it was in the championship game, too. It's crazy. But, you know, I know my sports, okay? I do. I used to have this game with my friends. Really fun game, actually, if you want to play with a friend and see if you know each other and who knows sports better. You pick a random team, and you're like, the Kansas City Chiefs, and then I'll go Patrick Mahomes, Texas Tech, and then you have to name the next player in their college. You go back and forth and back and forth, like Travis Kelsey, Cincinnati, that kind of stuff. And, you know, whoever can't do it, Whoever gives up first is the loser. So that's a lot of fun. If you're just bored one day with your friends, just check, try it out. So like I said, this isn't me saying sports aren't magical. They are. They're awesome. I mean, the storylines and, you know, the tension and all that stuff, they can't be believed sometimes. It's too crazy to be even written. So I'm simply saying that if you're watching a basketball, baseball, football game live in real time, you're being ancient and inefficient in your time management. And you're putting your stress levels in unhealthy places for no reason like that chemical, is it cortisol or something like that that goes through your body or blood? I mean, you look at like Dave Portnoy watching Barstool when he's $10,000 on a game. It looks like he's about to pop a blood vessel. Like, who wants that? Like, why waste four plus hours being tense and stressed about an outcome that has a 50-50 chance of putting you in a worse mood than when you began watching? It doesn't make sense. Like, if that same thinking was baked into the premise of movies and television, I would never watch again. You tell me that, after I'm done, I'm going to feel worse about myself and there's a coin flip chance about that? Like, no. Or like, I'm going to be upset about the outcome and it's going to make me feel like less of a person? No. Because, I don't know, sports isn't that important. It's fun, but you don't, you don't want to make it life or death. And considering, too, you have endless timeouts, you have long three to five minute commercial breaks, bad referees, replay delays, and yawn-inducing commentators who run out of interesting things to say by the second quarter, Minus Tony Romo and formerly Vince Scully. Vince Scully could tell a story too. I mean, with all the timeouts and stuff, I mean, I think there's a stat. The last five minutes of an NBA game, if they're within eight points of each other, that lasts over 23 minutes of real time, 94% of the time. So I used to make bets with my friends at the bar. So if there's five minutes left on the clock and they're within eight, I'll be like, hey, I'll bet you, I don't know, the bar tab that uh, this game will last over 23 minutes. And they're like, you're on. That sounds crazy. It's five minutes left. And I'd win all the time. And I'd get free stuff. So use that one. Use that one on your friends. That's fun. I mean, don't go to bars right now. But uh, I mean, when, when bars are, are okay to go to, then do that. Or, you know, you're socially distancing in a restaurant. And you get the point. Okay. I don't need to explain what's happening right now. It's been happening for six months. Anyways, so I've developed a much better way to enjoy sports without all the time commitments and headaches while minimalizing the pain of defeat. 
Are you interested? Well, step into my office. So first of all, DVR the freaking game. It's not rocket science. Like, you get to become master of your own time destiny. Like the world's pretty like, chaotic and you can't control a lot of things as we're obviously seeing in 2020. So why not control the things you can and just enjoy that? Like I want to maximize my attention and partake in as much great contact as I can. So why not cut out the 3,800 3, Taco Bell commercials and the 500 Miller Lite commercials? Like I don't need to see them over and over again. Like pro tip, make sure you set your recording, the end recording to go an hour and a half long because you never know about overtime or too many fouls, uh, putting your recording over the time restraint. So you always want to do that. Also keep the channel off anything sports related. A rogue news sticker can spoil your viewing. Also, I mean, stay off your phone on ES if you're just constantly on ESPN or you get notifications about news stuff. Just want to turn that off for a little bit. Don't want to get ruined. That's always a bummer. That does happen once in a while. I'm like, oh no. But then if it's a loss, then I'm like, okay, at least I saved myself four hours. So not so bad. Now the more controversial part of my theory. You want to put the telecast on mute. Throw on a spiritual-based podcast on a Bluetooth speaker of sorts or, you know, Bluetooth headphones, whatever, and fast-forward at double speed throughout the entire game. I sound crazy, right? But listen, first off, like I said, commentators are garbage. They give the same cliches spewed over and over again about teamwork, wanting it more, base-level armchair quarterbacking, and you can do that at home. Like, I've heard, Colin, I've heard uh, Chris Collinsworth forever, and Al Michaels is a 1,000. I think, well, Stan Van Gundy's entertaining for 10 minutes. Then you're just like, get out of here, nerd. Mark Jackson got fired from being the greatest, being on the coach of the greatest team of all time. So what does he know? And I don't know, it just gets annoying after a while. Huh? And Chris Weber's okay, I guess. But, but by throwing on a spiritual podcast, like I'm currently ripping through the Duncan Trussell family hour, not only, which is fantastic, by the way, great voice, great interviewer, just highly curious about everything, gets weird with it, doesn't apologize for it, really fun. Like, not only do you challenge your mind to multitask during this time, which is beneficial for life in general, it adds kind of a levity to your soul. So you don't grit your teeth and panic about every third down and long or last second shot or, you know, bad call. Like, the game becomes more about enjoying athletic prowess and competition rather than a need for a win of your favorite team. I did steal this philosophy kind of from the Netflix show, The Midnight Gospel. Also a Duncan Trussell creation with Pendleton Ward, who animated and created Adventure Time. Awesome show, by the way. I'll definitely talk about it sometime in depth. But the show has this wild animation, and it's put over seemingly unrelated spiritual podcasts. And your brain watching it has to rewire to figure out how to enjoy both things at the same time. Once you get the hang of it, it's riveting, and you feel challenged and engaged. It's like a brain game, you know, or a mind teaser. And it's an entirely different way to consume media. And second. The fast forward feature, this along with triple speed skipping commercials and quad squad speed skipping, that's hard to say, quad speed skipping, halftime half time as well, makes a three to four hour slog of watching a sports event into a tight 40, 50 minutes of condensed viewing where you can still process every single play of the game without the tension or heartbreaking disappointment. Like take, for example, yesterday, it was an elimination game for my beloved Celtics my parents used to live a couple doors down from Jason Tatum and I got in an elevator with him once and we're going to the game that night. It was when they were playing the 76ers. So I could have been like, see at the game tonight, we're super excited to go or, you know, you know, love, love what you guys are doing for the Celtics. I just stood there and kind of stared, you know, he's like, I don't know. He's like 10, 12 years younger than me. I don't want to fawn over him, you know, in front of him. Cause I gush when it comes to like celebrities, I don't treat them like real people. I'm like, 
I've seen you on big screens. Like, that's amazing. You must be, you must be a God. And so that comes out. So like, I'm like 10, 12, I don't know, 15 years his senior. I don't want to, you know, gush up at him because he's like six, nine, but anyways, Celtics were in a, an elimination game in the playoffs. And it could have been like four hours of elevated heart rates, praying to the sports gods. I don't even know if they exist. Who would be the sports gods? You know, I'm trying to think. What, what, what Greek god would be the sports god? I feel like Zeus probably likes some football. football. Hades would be, God, what's the worst sport? Hades would be hockey. <laughs> uh, but in the end, it was a crushing end to the season. They lost, and it was sad. But it wasn't really that bad for me. It was 45 minutes, and it was just a jaunt kind of kind of prancing through a well-fought game where both teams brought out the best in each other. Although Marcus Smart, 22 shots. But see, I'm not that bothered by it. And I learned about Eastern culture breathing techniques on the podcast and how they can benefit your daily health while listening to this. So it was kind of funny. I was like, I would notice myself kind of breathing a little heavier and I would just be like, no, no, in through the nose, out through the nose. Don't be a mouth breather. And that helped too. And also I throw in a quick lightweight workout while I'm watching to keep my body active and feeling productive. You know, you got these guys of sport, you know, contorting their body and God knows which way. It's like, you want to do a little bit yourself because it fires you up to kind of get off your feet. So it definitely helps. I use 10 to 20, 20 pound weights. You know, I'm not breaking world records here and I'm using easily re- repeatable sets. And it makes you feel like you're part of the athletic community. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing stuff too, guys. Don't, don't you worry. And at the end of the game, I'm not crushed or euphoric. I'm just happy. I got my sports fix. And now I have three hours I didn't have before to watch Rambo for the first time. So good. Or knock out the color of money off my movie list, like I said before. Tonight, I think I'm going to knock out Beetlejuice. And, God, what's the other one I'm going to knock out? Platoon, I think. I mean, I hear Platoon's heavy. And I still need to watch Aliens, but I hear it's gross. And it's like, I don't want to see gross stuff or stuff pop out of my chest. I really don't. I read Roger Ebert's review because I'm weird like that. I read reviews before. And he's like, don't eat before seeing this movie. And I'm like, oh, Roger, freaking me out. Like, how, how soon before is soon? Because I like eating every couple hours. So I don't know. But I got time to do stuff and think about aliens like that. So there. So efficiency and time management are excellent life skills to have. So why not apply them to your entertainment budget? As time is the most valuable asset we have as human beings, right? You know, I mean, you have those billionaires who are, you know, 60, 70 years old. What do they want more than anything? They want time. So you got it right now and you can get more of it. You get more of that sweet, sweet time by just, you know, TiVoing or kind of dating myself, DVRing your sporting events and doing it like I do, multitask. Plus, if you need more input or sports-related content, uh, podcasts have a far superior kind of way of giving you that content and letting you enjoy it because, you know, they're, just, they're, better, they're better improvisers. They're more funny. They're, I just don't like commentators. And plus, you can listen to a podcast while doing other tasks. You know, you can do your chores. You can cook. You can take a walk. You can do all that stuff. So it's not a full commitment. Or DVR a sports center daily, which I do, and rip through – now, normally Sports Center is 60 minutes long. When I rip through it with the commercials gone and everything on the DVR, it's 20 to 23 minutes of highlights. So they are screwing you with all the, uh, with all the commercials. A lot of Burger King commercials, I, I noticed, which kind of gross, but eh, whatever. But you get your analysis, and you'll be, informed as, you'll be just as informed as the guy who trudged through the game watching in real time. So why not be free of this time prison when you, like, you don't need to be trapped in here? You know, the door's open, guys, you know. You can go out anytime you want. It's like those prisoner experiments where you can't see the guard, so no one left, even though there was no guard. It's like, but I think that drove people insane. But that's not that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying like the, the door is open. Like sports are fun, but there's no need to be a fanatic. 
in a world where there's so many things that bring much more joy and a lot less time. Like I do 10 minutes of daily meditation. I do 15 minutes of stretching so my back doesn't randomly tweak. I'll do dog walks with podcasts bopping in my headphones or FaceTime with my parents or I'll read a book explaining Judaism and modern, modern digestible terminology. Man, all this stuff, I sound like a hipster. I sound like a douche. But this is all the stuff I'm doing, I guess. So I guess when you become more, I don't know, more aware of yourself, you become douchey to this, the old self that you were. Yeah, I would make fun of me too. But this is where I'm at. I'm having a good time with it. Because there's a lot of peaceful and centering, centering ways to enjoy life. Oh, there, there's the douchiness. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a vegan anymore. I'm like 90% a vegan. And then, you know, I'll have one or two meals a week that are meat. But thank God I'm not completely a vegan anymore. Because that would just be the cherry on top of this douchebag Sunday. But why, why knuckle stress over a game when you can glide through it in under an hour and still talk about it with your friends as if you were actually at the game? Like, for example, there was a nail-biter between the Seattle Seahawks and New England Patriots last week, and there was a goal-line heartbreak at the end of the game where Cam Newton got stopped at the one-yard line. And also, I mean, Patriots didn't win, deserve to win that game. The, the Seahawks were, and Russell Wilson were just ripping through us. We, we didn't deserve it. But we had a chance at the end, and when it was over – I could still call my dad and break down the game with expertise, but without, oh, hold on one second. Oh, he's got a call. <laughs> uh, no big deal. Uh, but I could break down the expertise without a frown or four hours of my life being sucked from existence. And this has been a new venture for me. So I've been doing it for the past month and I see no reason to stop. So, and your latest devotion to outmoded ways of ingesting sports. Like you threw out your VCR, right? You discarded your Walkman. You know, I mean, you're not still playing with your yo-yo. Although yo-yos are awesome. Yo-yo is a bad example. And you cut the you you cut the shackles of wires when Bluetooth became available. So do yourself a favor and enjoy uh, consuming sports efficiently. Like join me. Now, if you excuse me, I'm gonna watch Beetlejuice because I have the time for it, and it's embarrassing that I haven't seen it. Like I said before, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Oh my God, he's right behind me. That'd be, that'd be really cool. I mean, if I had Michael Keaton in a zebra print suit and zombie makeup behind me, like cracking jokes and having claymation worms and all that kind of stuff and Winona Ryder looking all goth, that'd be fun. So I'm, I'm going to try to do that uh, by transit property by watching it. Later.